0: Hello everyone, welcome once again to Marty Meanders with Sally and Sam, and and I can tell you that the sun is shining outside, I think summer has managed to raise its its beautiful head and and arrive in the wilds of Oxfordshire now, so uh, we, we, yes, I feel like we're moving into the summer period and a sunny summer of... uh, uh, marketing ahead of us. Indeed, so.
1: yes, exactly. I'm going to pack away my woolies and thick socks and start, you know, g- uh, gambling in the, you know, no mo May.
0: Gambling, fantastic. Yes, no Mo may. Absolutely, gambling in the long grass. That sounds in fantastic. In the long grass, exactly. It's uh, well, it's it's very, it's very, uh, yeah, it's great to see all you know, lots of uh, plants, I think, coming out out there and and mm-hmm. everything green and verdant coming up, yep. which is wonderful, and it it sort of gives you a new energy, I think, doesn't it, which sort of yeah, relates it does. to, yeah, what what we want to talk about today, I think, which is around energy, so perhaps you feel very um, uh, happy to look at new things and interesting, sparkly, shiny things and doing lots of things, not just you, but perhaps your your manager or your colleagues, um, people within your organisation want to come forward and suggest new ideas and new things you could do and lots of bits and bobs. And that's great in terms of, enthusiasm wonderful um seeing that you know that there's new ideas you're monitoring what's out there you know like we've been talking about a lot recently ai and um you know perhaps new social channels which are emerging there's lots to do which you you could do but there yeah. is also this fear that you perhaps can take on and try too many things as we would yeah. say as you said sally about over egging the pudding perhaps in our yeah. marketing so what exactly what describe what you mean by that
1: I think it's very tempting, as Sam has just described, to say, oh, yes, let's do a bit of that and a bit of that. But actually what you need to do is you need to at all times go back to your overarching strategy and say, is this new exciting bit of tech actually going to benefit the strategy that we got? Is this going to get us closer to our audience, further down our goal to make a million a week? Is it actually going to do what your overarching initiatives, is it going to support your overarching initiatives? So it's always best to kind of go back to the strategy, check and make sure you're not wasting time. It doesn't mean never think about new things, just make sure they fit in. It also not, might meet, mean, because there's only X amount of time, for if, if you're the your sole marketer in a company or if you're a big team, there's still only an X amount of time. And perhaps you're going to have to stop doing something so that you can do this new thing. You don't necessarily need to do everything. It's just not possible. So if you're suddenly going to have a huge Twitter campaign you've never had before, maybe you might want to, you know, squeeze your Facebook campaign. Maybe you don't need both going on at the same time. So think carefully about not doing everything always.
0: Mm, yeah exactly because as you say I mean it's those key things of or focus and time budget i guess as well but yeah time as we yeah. as we keep finding is really times the critical thing for yeah. people in the team isn't it you know and that that time and the focus they have but as you say when when you you put one thing on the cart you've got to probably take something else off or you know exactly. define the boundaries haven't you but as we yeah. were just saying you know offline i mean i think it's so much like it's coming back to the, the in essence i think that's why it's so important to have a really clear strategy or very simple and clear strategy yeah in terms of so that would be the first question you could ask someone comes running up to you and says "Ah, oh, you know we should definitely be using this new channel because it's amazing and it's very exciting there's all these great things we could do with it and you go okay right so as you say so the first question is how does that support the overall strategy you know does it well, doesn't it? I and mean, if it doesn't, and it's like someone goes, no, it's pure experiment, pure experiment. And you go, okay, fine. Well, that's a pure experiment. Yeah, What is it going to take? What budgets are it going to take? Um, does it fit in that container experimentation, you know, sort of pockets that we have or not? Yeah. I mean, if we're already trying out and experimenting with six different things, then it's probably not going to fit in, is it? But it could be that they say, well, no, 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 this is, this is my justification for why it does hit our strategy. Our strategy is, I don't know, um, we 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 need to um, let's go back to the handbags. Yes, we need we need to we need to we need to do double our business in the next uh, next year um, of yep. people who are buying handbags who live in the local area within really? a ten mile radius. And you go right, so this is a new channel that enables us to target those people in a different way to what we've done previously. Well, let's try it out. Okay, let's see, does it support it or not? Exactly.
1: I mean, it, I mean, it might be valuable, but you probably want to make sure that you've absolutely set KPIs and expectations for it. It's very, very tempting to do things too quickly, to go, oh, let's just plunge in and see what we can do. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you might have stopped. It's always careful, if you're going to plunge into a new swimming pool, to work out how deep it is and whether what other people are wearing in it. Is it, are they all wearing wetsuits and you're just going in straight in with your bikini? Is it stormy at the other end? So have a really good think about what's going on in that place. place you're going to plunge into before you plunge in.
0: Exactly, exactly. And actually, funnily enough, I think that's probably from what we've just both been describing. It's almost, I mean, as a, as a manager, as a leader in that team or, or as an individual, if it's just, you know, you as the marketer, um, th- there's that those decisions of choosing right from right, isn't there? So it's like, yeah. well... Yes, this is good and I can prove that it's got a you know it's got it's performing against its KPIs and that it is helping the strategy, and so is this. But um it's then having that sense of that sort of dashboard of metrics around well, how long does it take if 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 they both have a yep. sort of similar return, both channels say have a similar return investment that you can observe, um, and but then one takes, I don't know, a third more time than the other one. Is it yep. purely, does it come down to that decision of, well, yes, this is great, but if we do, if we focus more on A rather than B channel, that will actually give us a yep. greater return because it's going to take less time. And, and it comes down to yep. that time again, doesn't it? That focus you have in your team Um so important. And
1: ultimately, it's also all about that alignment. If you've come up with a great new marketing idea, go away and talk to sales about it. There's no point to having trying something new that sales hate. Mm. It's a great way to actually start. Um, making sure you're you know, taking some eggs out of your pudding because to be honest sales might say oh for god's sake this is great but we haven't got the capacity to deal with all these new leads that you're finding for us mm. and we need to kind of um, prioritize this better or can we just finish this lead barrel before we start open this one yeah. so it's always useful to come kind of not just think about yourself but think sideways
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, because it's almost like I'm. I'm just thinking about in my mind's eye the idea of you know your 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 funnel, your leads funnel, say. So if we're doing a gen, general typical leads funnel of you know acquisition through to you know advocacy, um, and we say you know because usually we measure those by volume of leads, of people moving through the funnel and engagements with us, um, but also yep. if we look at it more in terms of resource and time spent alongside that, so you can see well. How much time and resource are you spending? I'm thinking of a new graphic here. Uh, are you spending on each of those, you know, hundred leads <laughs> that it might be moving through? Yeah, no. Um, how much can you uh-huh. squeeze in at the top? You know, it's it's out of a hundred. That's
1: exactly right. I mean, it's very tempting to think more is always better, and that's not necessarily true because if you really do shove more in at the top, you might. You have to make sure that what's happening is that because you're cramming in at the top of your funnel. But it's not the rubbish people squeezing through mm. and that the people you really do want are getting so tired and bored because they've never been spoken to when they're shoved in at the top that they just pop out the top and leave. Yeah. So you need to make sure that you're kind of absolute that more is not necessarily better.
0: Yes, exactly. And, well, that and that and that, again, applies to this whole thing of being, something I've been doing a lot of recently is applying the, you know, the smart insights race model, you know, the reach, act, convert, yeah. engage. And as you say, so you could be with this new, either a new or rediscovering a channel, say for example, or, or a type of content, whatever it is. You're doing yep. a lot of it, and you're generating perhaps you know another two thousand leads of people who are at the, the reach stage. But you're not, as you say, you're not going to have if you're not coordinating the lines, you're not going to have the capacity to actually move them uh, to the act exactly. stage. Uh, and, and you know, so again, it's like it's three dimensions, isn't it? And then it's the, the time as yep. well. So great. Yeah, we're, actually, this is a wonder channel. It, it's really great. It's producing a huge number of leads. Um, but A, can we grade them? Do we know if they're any good or not, um, as you say? Yep. So perhaps, you know, I don't know, there's another 2000 leads, but 1800 of them are not what we would grade as good quality, or they're not yep. actually, they are people who would convert, but they're going to convert by buying the cheapest and smallest possible product or sm- smallest yes, possible They're all going to
1: buy a purse, not a handbag.
0: Exactly. And we don't, and we're not confident based on our previous understanding of our customers that they will ever, we can ever upsell to them and they'll, they'll yeah. buy the medium range, which is what we want. So again, it comes back to those commercial businesses, isn't right. it? About, well, yes, that there's a lot of people tick. Yes. So therefore, you know, they're coming through. And yes, they, perhaps even they're converting. But as you say, there's all those issues around further down the line. Can we convert them? Do we have the capacity to convert them? And if we do, perhaps we're converting a lot of customers, but they're not quite the right kind of customers that we want yeah. so they may or they may not be but it's, it's asking all those questions as well isn't it and, yeah, and, you,
1: and you have to think very carefully because you'll, you have to engage these customers particularly if you want them to become repeat customers have you got enough to engage them enough content to engage them with have you got enough content to keep them on site? can you con- can you give them a weekly newsletter about the best way to use a handbag? Have you got the time, energy and effort to do that, particularly since they're not all the same? Some people have bought a small handbag and they may need a different newsletter to the people that have bought a rucksack. They may well need something different. So it's, have you got enough content to keep them engaged? It's not just about getting them into the funnel. It's about actually you know, massaging them down the funnel and persuading them, as you said, to become an advocate at the end.
0: Mm, exactly. Yeah, and 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 again, I suppose that then it comes back down to you know you you you've got that regular understanding of who is moving through the funnel, who's moving through our system, what sort of relationships do we have, where are yeah. we really? Because it's, again, is if you take your your time, your budget as a sort of a, an index of a hundred, uh, and whether that's split over a team or whether it's just you, you can only put so much time and, and budget into any one area, can't you? At any one yeah. time. And so actually you say, well, no, you know, this time of year in particular, we're we're really going hard at advocacy and we're investing a lot in trying to get our existing customers to refer. And perhaps yep. that's where we need to go. Because do you know what 80% of our new sales come through referrals? So
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. that's
0: where we focus. That's where our, our, yep. our attention is. And if so someone comes up and says, Oh, I've got this great new idea to help us reach, you know, brand new customers in in, in this market, you might go, Well, that's great. It's not, it's not wrong, it's not bad, it's not that it's not going to be effective, but it's not for now. Um, it, yep. it's for, Perhaps it's for like you know, you suddenly say, "Well, we're going to we want to launch into the southwest of England now with our handbags, and that's where our key focus area." You say, "Right, well, as a business decision, we'll get you know more resource on board to invest exactly. in doing that, and perhaps your idea is part of that." But it's not for now. If you do it now is it going to impact and, and, and have a, a, a negative effect on your, your core business, yes. which, which it might be? Yes, do.
1: exactly. Is it a distraction? That, it's also, is it a distraction, not just for your business, but for your audience? Mm. And all of a sudden, your, your audience going to find you popping up somewhere where they're not expecting you. And that's not wrong, but it's not necessarily right because you might be splitting your message. So you might have a different message for this new channel because it's got it's got new. You know, if you've got a TikTok video, it's going to be slightly different to your very serious videos you put on LinkedIn. Mm. But your audience may see both of them and think, um, mm. "Hang on a minute! They say over here that you know handbags are the future of." the democracy and that's absolutely impressive absolutely how we would expect all prime ministers to carry pink handbags but over here on tiktok we've got young kids saying i could put all my toys in this handbag isn't this exciting what what am i doing here Mm,
0: mm, exactly and 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 it comes back again to the 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 fundamentals doesn't it really i suppose you know your channel selection what what which audience you're hoping to reach with each channel and and it and, and it's that it's that thing, I suppose, that you know, the more complex things get, the more formalized you have to be with these things, doesn't it, isn't it really? Because yeah. if you go up to the point of um, you know, from a small business who's just marketing the business very generally, then it starts to go into sectors and service lines, then you start to get yep. marketers who are actually focused on those different services and sectors and et cetera. And um yep. you you know, you 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 have to be more organized as you as you get bigger, because it can very easily, very quickly get quite a, a mishmash and a bit of a Te- bit of a mess potentially but but also i suppose i suppose playing the other sort of not, not devil's advocate necessarily but looking at this from another perspective i mean it's interesting to think back at times when there was a bit of a shift there was a bit of a change in in say channels for example so as you said yeah. before and we both said you know we're not saying close yourself off to innovation don't 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 even <laughs> no. consider other things don't be in we're saying about you do need that testing ability and you need to be yeah Keeping your ear to the ground, isn't it really? Because I remember there hasn't been that. um, I I think, well, we we, we discussed this before. We've both been being marketers during that whole transition, really, for the the digital marketing revolution. Yes.
1: Sam and I are both very, very old, and we've produced paper catalogues and put them in envelopes and sent them through people's letterboxes.
0: Oh, I love that. Fulfillment with uh, with raw mail and everything. and yep. uh, Yes, getting everything packaged up, getting the team to to burn the midnight oil with pizzas and, and packaging up um, envelopes and stuff. It's yeah, and actually wonderful. putting
1: stamps on things. Yep.
0: Yeah, physical st- physical things, you know, sending them out. And, and you just think about... Because uh, I remember, well, well we, we worked together in the team, and we was talking about advertising, and and we there was the split between online and offline advertising in in yeah. um, uh, publications, and there was a time when then LinkedIn in particular started to really come up and became the key channel. But it yeah. was I remember at the time I did have a focus in terms of some people saying, "Oh no, we you know we've completely got rid of um, anything that's offline now. The whole lot's dead and buried. It's just not worth it, and we're doing everything online." But at the time, I was very much, I was quite reluctant. I was to, wanted to do it more as a drawdown, as it were, sort of like gradual transition yeah. between the two, because I didn't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater as no, well. That's right. And I think, but so, so when you look back over the period of perhaps, I don't know, two years, you could see there was quite a big change. But yeah. it was less of a, hey, let's leap. As you said before, your analogy about the pool, let's not leap straight into the pool, perhaps straight away. Let's just, we're not yeah. denying that, you know, the other end of the pool, is actually could, could very well be the, the best place for us to to, to swim around. But uh, yeah. let's not let's not dive straight in immediately. Let's just yeah. see how it goes. Um, but
1: Also, have we learned how to swim yeah. in this particular pool? I mean, maybe I'm, not, I'm very good at breaststroke and that pool over there is brilliant at breaststroke. But this pool, I'm only allowed to use butterfly. How good actually am I at butterfly? Am I going to actually get to the end of the pool? There is a kind of learning activity that you have to absolutely train yourself up properly to Mm. change channels or try a new technique. It's not just something that if you just give it a go, you're going to necessarily succeed.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, and I think that's it's interesting because I, I delivered um, uh, some training recently, which was talking about you know your your um, uh, if you're managing a team, a marketing team, how you're looking to build a team and build its skills. And it was the questions you can ask yourself about outsourcing or you know insourcing, whatever your your skills for d- different uh, different channels, different technologies, uh, whatever it might be, yeah. and 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 looking at this whole thing, particularly, I mean, kind of businesses I mainly work working in sort of small to medium size. Uh, businesses where you look at you know they you don't have the skills in-house for say video production. So you know you do need to outsource it to begin yep. with. And if you've suddenly gone into video, it's pretty unlikely you're suddenly going to say, um, hey, um Jane in the team in the corner, you you're quite good with that sort of you know media stuff. Could you just knock out a video for us and off, off we go. And you go, okay, right, well I'll maybe I'll have a go. But <laughs> you say, does 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 Jane have the requisite skills, the butterfly yeah. swimming skills to, to do video? Um, and I mean, then I suppose there's a series of options, aren't there? You either say, right, well, yeah, yes, we have the budget to outsource this and then we'll learn from it. Or do we invest in Jane to, to gain these skills or do we employ someone new? It's all those sort of questions you've got as a manager, as a leader about let's make sure we are match fit to, to be able to do this. It's it's
1: really interesting that you're talking about, um, us saying, oh, let Jane, you do that. It's become it, it's not that common that someone actually says, Jane, do you actually want to do this? Because mm. you might have said, oh, Jane in the corner, can you just quake? And she might be quaking in her boots thinking, oh, my God, I don't know how to do this. I hate doing this kind of thing. This is bloody awful shit. And actually, maybe James, who's sitting in the other corner, is thinking, oh, why didn't they ask me? <laughs> yeah, Because actually James does it all the time for his rugby club and he's really good at doing videos it's absolutely brilliant but nobody's ever asked him so it's quite it's quite very very important to make sure that you're asking the right people or in fact ask everybody whether it's the right thing for them to do mm. there's no good you no know, pushing someone into a, into, a, into a pool if they can't swim
0: yeah exactly well that's that's it's a really good point because it's around the whole thing of yeah knowing what skills exist in your team um and then and then you know so we've got two things i suppose here we about you know you you're showing to your team you're open to ideas and innovation within reason so they've got a bit of a you know they know the boundaries on that effectively um so they're not afraid to bring forward ideas but they know that that they will be tested and you know it's not not necessarily going to happen but also um as you say you know if they've actually got the skills because it could be that they come forward with an idea but they say but uh, you know I I think we should do I don't know podcasts but I've got no idea how to do it and I don't really want to do it I'm not interested in doing it myself so perhaps we need to source it to somebody or or actually I know you know Mark Mark over there, who actually works in the sales team at the moment uh, as an intern or something, is really good at this, you know. Yeah. Um, so as you say, then it's it's understanding what your team wants to do and that balance of of how you then take those skills forward. And I mean, the thing is as well, you could become. i <laughs> putting together some. Uh, uh, um, this is probably a completely different topic, actually, but I'm uh, <laughs> putting together some. Funnily enough, ironically, a podcast. Uh, about ip strategy intellectual property strategy in companies and okay. and uh it was quite interesting So they're talking about you know who owns the intellectual property of all the work mm. that your, your your staff your colleagues do mm. and things created whilst you work for someone yes that belongs to the company but the, the know-how of, of how to do that stuff and the skills obviously belongs to the individual of course you know they, yeah. they walk out the door Absolutely. they take it with them somewhere else so particularly as small and medium sized businesses, you've always got that danger as well as perhaps you know you become really good at doing a certain type of content or or managing a certain channel. And yep. then that walks out the door with the person who who leaves as well. So I yep. don't know, we're, we're going to HR here a bit, aren't we? But it's it's quite interesting in that sense. It is
1: interesting because actually Mark, that is, I mean it is kind of key because it's just possible if that person does walk out the door and you're your podcaster tootles off and sets up their own thing, something like marketing meanders or something, nuisance, um, they've left. But maybe it gives you a chance to say, we've been running this this podcast in-house forever. Has it just become a bit habitual? Do we need a podcast? Maybe what we need now, maybe we don't act, don't, don't get depressed, don't think, oh my God, that's a nightmare. I think maybe actually this gives us the chance to do that idea that somebody had a little while ago. They said, oh my God, we've got to do um Mastodon now we've got to get into this channel now we've got the space we yeah. didn't before because this podcasting was using up that little bit of marketing space now we can try this new thing so it's not necessarily a disaster if mm. someone walks out with the skill
0: yeah exactly and do you know i mean and you're saying that as well makes me sort of brings me back to the whole you know the the time spent the return investment of time of your team because it's so yeah. easy to get into well this is the way we do things and of course as we said yeah. you've got to have planning timelines horizons and say well you know Completely. the next six months the next quarter yeah. the next year this is the plan and we're gonna we need to have give that plan enough you know um airway you know enough enough oxygen to actually try yep. itself out enough enough rope whatever you want to call it to, <laughs> to actually make it happen and then go that didn't work or bits of it didn't yep. work and bits of it did exactly but it's almost that sort of i'm I'm quite fascinated by this idea of sort of you know taking a sort of a stock check of you know the system the machine because it's all the people isn't it and all the processes and all the systems you've got working yep. at the moment to do your marketing and in inverted commerce but looking at it and saying, well, actually, you know what? We're spending huge amounts of time. You know, th- th- these two members of the team are doing huge amounts of time on um, preparing for conferences and events, perhaps. And and so one person's yeah. booking it. One person's getting all the collateral together and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But, I mean, if you've not done this whole thing across the whole span of your activities, understanding what is the actual return on all of that activity and the time we've spent, the opportunity cost, yeah. then you're always going to have that problem potentially of over-egging things or, or just – Doing a lot of stuff and being very busy because you think, well, if we're really busy, we must be we must be doing things right, right? Really, well, mustn't we? Because we're we're we're, no. we're so busy, but not necessarily at all. You could be not spending really. a huge amount of effort doing stuff, you know. Which I suppose is almost like that doesn't matter if it's a new or innovative thing or, or a thing you've done forever. It's just it's more of, of the oh, this is a weird, ridiculous, contorted metaphor analogy, whatever, with the overegging of the pudding. Uh, <laughs> Do you, do you, I suppose, do you have the right ingredients? Do you have the right balance of the right Very ingredients? good. At any yeah. time. And, Absolutely. And, and that's it, isn't it? That's the question you've got to answer. Well, that's the end of part one of our over-egging the marketing pudding. We hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back with a second part where we'll be extending the metaphors even further and the analogies as well. So uh, see you soon. Bye for now.